Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast, the world's first podcast dedicated to travel recovery. I'm Dolores Semeraro, and I'm on a mission to help tourism organizations and travel professionals to lead a business that restores confidence in travel. If you're looking for a travel podcast that gives you more than just wanderlust and will help you travel better tomorrow, you've found the right one. Every week, my travel and tourism industry guests will share with you their stories and insights to help you travel smarter, better, and more conscious of the impact you have when you travel. Subscribe to the show to receive a new episode every Thursday straight to your inbox, together with travel tips and best practices of my podcast guests. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. Travel recovery is at the core of my podcast, and I guess you got a sense of it by now. I've had the pleasure of interviewing some inspiring travel and hospitality thought leaders on the show, but navigating the do's and don'ts of the travel nowadays can be quite daunting for those working in hospitality. So what if you could get some clarity on some of the most successful travel recovery strategies implemented worldwide so you could use them to build trust in travel across your audience? Well, I hear you saying yes. Well, then head over to the show notes and get a copy of my Travel Recovery Strategies ebook, a comprehensive digital book that will give you actionable and proved strategies on how to tackle domestic tourism, benefit from travel bubbles, and navigate the protocols around vaccine passports. The link is in the show notes. Don't miss it. Hello and welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast, episode 28. Today, we are discussing a topic that is getting a lot of attention online, and not only, the vaccine passport. It is a daunting subject, right? So today, my aim is to give you clarity on what a vaccine passport is, where are vaccine passports being discussed and implemented, and why will you need one sooner or later? So let's get started. So what is a vaccine passport? If you're traveling, sooner or later, you will have to deal with some sort of travel health certificates, which might be required by the country you intend to travel to. There's a general confusion on the do's and don'ts of such documents. Before we dive in, let's set a basic thing straight. Despite this topic being currently under discussion on several fronts, the vaccine passports are not to be confused with an obligation to get a COVID-19 vaccine. In fact, a vaccine passport is more as a, an authentication tool that would enable the authorities to validate the authenticity of a PCR test or a COVID-19 vaccine. So how do we get PCR tests validated? Isn't just enough to have it done and get the results on a signed paper certificate and just off you go? Well, um, with a vaccine passport, it won't be that simple anymore. You see, in order for you to get a valid proof of your PCR or your vaccine certificate, the laboratory or the medical facility that you're planning to use or that you are already using would have to be registered as a member of a network, a recognized network of authorized facilities. So here is where it gets complicated. Imagine the hundreds of thousands of medical facilities in the world, testing centers and so on. So 
having to be registered under one umbrella, under one network. So we might not be one network, but one thing for sure is that many countries are moving quickly towards this implementation of, of this type of networks, right? And so my question is, how are people responding to the idea of having to carry a vaccine passport or, to, or having to have one in the first place? And to answer that question, I had a look at the recent surveys that was powered by the Amadeus, you know, the global travel technology company. And we looked at the travel sentiment that came up from the survey. The survey was delivered by CensusWide. And guess what? It revealed that nine out of 10, so about 91% of the travelers surveyed say that they would be comfortable in using a health a digital health passport uh, for their future trips. So this survey was conducted across Spain, France, Germany, UAE, and Russia, Singapore, the UK, and also the US. And uh, not, not less than 90% of those that actually said, yes, I would be comfortable using a digital health passport, they in fact said that they had some concerns about how their health data for travel would be then stored. So the link of this survey will be in the show notes for you to check. So I'll, I'll invite you, like, encourage you to go and check. It's also true that apart from what a, a, a health pass is or a vaccine passport is, the mainstream media has been calling these tools in many different ways. So we've heard travel pass, health certificate, digital health certificate, green certificate, health green certificate, and then most recently, vaccine certificate and vaccine passport. So <laughs> let's be honest. Which name do you think makes more noise? So I... Uh, I'm here, you know, when, when the, the purpose of the podcast is always to give that truthful overview on what travel really means. And if anything, we don't want to have social media to think for us. We don't want to let that happen, right? So let's just take a moment to understand why the same thing is being called in so many different ways and why we then now start calling it all in one way, which is vaccine and passport. When Amadeus, this, this technology company platform, started talking about embedding a digital health passport into their traveler ID platform, this was already March 2021. And the aim was to help airlines, airports, and hotels basically to speed up the the processing of information. So now what was already considered a digital health pass or a digital health credential is now only called vaccine passport. And what do you think is that? To me, as a as a person that has a marketing communication media background, makes total sense. You see, Universally, the word passport 
resonates with the personal freedom that we have, or we think we have, and a universal document that universally allows us to travel. So what we want to have here, what what the media are trying to achieve is to put together two words that are so undeniably and universally recognized, being passport as the document you need to travel, like most traditionally speaking, and vaccine. So when you put together these two words, vaccine, passport, what a better way to get people's attention, right? Because if I say health certificate, okay, I can get a health certificate. Or travel pass sounds like an app. But when you say vaccine passport, people start paying attention because these two words, they need to reson- they resonate with them. So just to make a little point here, to be cautious about how we go on understanding how these tools will work for everybody and how we can, you know, understand them better, understand them if we need to use them and what's the best use of it. Now, Let's have a look at how vaccine passports are being discussed, where are they being discussed, and where they will be implemented. And first and foremost, we start with the European Union Digital Green Certificate. So see, if you pay attention, see here that the, the title itself, it's not even passport, it's certificate. This is the European Union Digital Green Certificate. You most commonly know that across the European State uh, European Union state members, you do not need a passport to go from one country to the other. So it wouldn't have made sense to call it a passport in the first place. But a certificate, yes. So let's see. The digital green certificate was initially discussed mid-March 2021, so precisely the 17th of March. And it refers to a digital proof for a person that has either been vaccinated against COVID-19 received a negative test, or recovered from COVID-19. So these three things, I'll repeat them. The digital green certificate is a digital proof that a person has either been vaccinated against COVID-19, received a negative test, or recovered from COVID-19 itself. And it would be valid across the European Union member states. So, When traveling, every European Union citizen or European Union residents holding a digital green certificate should be exempted from free movement restrictions, meaning they can move around. They can travel, they can go from one country to the other. And this digital green certificate really aims at facilitating free movement inside the European Union. And it's not envisioned to be as a precondition of free movement. So it doesn't mean that if you have it, you can move around freely. If you don't have it, you can't move around. You can still move around, but the conditions are really depending then on each country and what are the protocols in place in each country member of the European Union. Another discussion ground as well, uh, amongst the biggest discussion, the bigger discussion on the digital green certificate is that the approved vaccine range would refer only to European 
Union-approved COVID-19 vaccines. This means, for example, that vaccines such as, you know, the Russian Sputnik or the Chinese Sinopharm won't be recognized by the digital green certificate. So those of those European residents or European citizen vaccinated with any of, of these vaccines that are not EU approved won't be eligible to have a digital green certificate. So this is all under discussion. So how does it work? The digital green certificate serves as a verification tool which proves that your vaccine certificate or PCR test uh, result is authentic. So how do we do that? Like the, the, the European Union plans to build a getaway, a digital getaway, that will enable the state members to develop their own software to scan and check these credentials. There will be no common database and no personal data exchange in between countries. This is what, so far, the digital green certificate fact sheet states. So basically, you get your test results or your vaccine certificate and you are given a QR code, which is the digital green certificate. It's a QR code that acts as a digital signature upon the authenticity of your document. The European Union is discussing the digital green certificate this week, literally as we speak. And the first comments from Brussels already seem to prove that the implementation would start as early as June 2021. So what does it mean for the travelers? So there are concerns, as we mentioned before, on how this could cause discrimination uh, among those who, for example, are willing to get vaccinated but not eligible, for example, health reasons, pregnancy or age, um, those who are not yet vaccinated and those not planning to get vaccinated. So discriminations, concerns are around the subject. Moreover, there are several European countries who have already started to develop their own national vaccines or tests, PCR test passes and apps, and are discussing uh, whether the European Union digital green certificate would override this or not. So, so there, there's still a lot of discussions around who does what and what is commonly accepted and what is not. Anyway, I have included more vaccine passports regulations in my travel recovery strategy ebook, which really includes a range of tools and strategies to restart tourism, including vaccine passports. So you can get a free copy with the link that I will put in the show notes. The digital green certificate idea came originally from the Prime Minister of Greece. Last week, the chairman of UNWTO Global Crisis Management Committee that happens to be the tourism minister of Greece also shared an action plan. And he pointed out that the adoption of digital health solutions and, and digital vaccination certificate against COVID-19 will ensure, quote, the fastest possible restoration of free movement between states. So it doesn't come with much surprise that last week, Greece echoed Cyprus 
basically, in announcing that the country is considering opening its borders to tourists who have been vaccinated as of May. So basically, travelers who can prove that they have had a COVID-19 vaccine will be allowed into Greece as early as this summer without any restriction. Cyprus, for example, has openly said that they would facilitate the arrival of British nationals who have been vaccinated so they can visit Cyprus without a negative test or having to quarantine at all. In the official fact sheet of the Digital Green Certificate, in fact, we, we actually read that, quote, when traveling, every European citizen or third country national legally staying or residing in the EU that holds a digital green certificate should be exempted from free movement restrictions in the same way as citizens from the other member states. If a member state continues to require holders of a digital green certificate to quarantine or test, it must notify the Commission and all other state members and justify the decision. So what does this tell us? It appears to say that holders of the digital green certificate won't have to quarantine when they travel across Europe. And those instead who don't have a digital green certificate will have to keep observing whatever quarantine protocols are required. So it all comes down to what each member of the European Union decides to do at the border. The fact sheet also says the digital green certificate should facilitate free movement inside the European Union. It will not be a precondition to free movement, which is a fundamental right to the EU. So what we need to observe closely are the entry restrictions imposed by each country member of the European Union. And so it seems that like that, whether you want it or not, a digital green certificate will be given to you anyway. The link to the fact sheet of the digital green certificate is in the show notes for you to check. I have included more regulations and more information about the vaccine certificates and the vaccine passports in my travel recovery strategy ebook that includes a range of tools and proven strategies to restart tourism. You can always get a free copy of the travel recovery strategies ebook with the link in the show notes. So this brings us to the second vaccine passport or travel pass of today. That is the YATA Travel Pass. So YATA stands for International Air Transport Association. And its new director general, Willie Walsh, just about less than two weeks into office, shared with the press that, quote, it is important that the YATA Travel Pass is introduced and accepted globally in order to provide passengers with a digitized option to travel. So not only that, but he said, quote, we can't have a situation where passengers are required to go to a check-in counter at an airport when they want to travel. The airports that we are operating in today aren't designed to cope with high volume passengers turning up at the check-in desk. The concept of self-service check-in using online apps 
or going online for check-in has to become a permanent feature of this business. And we need to get back to facilitating that. And that's where the initiative of the Yata Travel Pass becomes so important. Quite an entry statement, huh? As of 1st of May, passengers traveling to Singapore will be able to use the Yada Travel Pass to share their pre-departure COVID-19 PCR test results upon check-in and also with the airlines, as well as also on arrival at the immigration checkpoints at the Singapore Changi Airport. So Singapore Airlines becomes, and Singapore becomes the first country to officially embrace the Yata Travel Pass as of the 1st of May 2021. I have to say, I don't necessarily disagree with what Willie Walsh uh, said to the press in, in terms of concept of self-service check-in using the online portals or apps, because it is in fact what very much everybody's doing. Let's say when you want to save your seat next to the person who's traveling with you or I'd be curious to know what is the percentage of, of global travelers that are actually checking in online on a, on a daily basis, on, on a normal basis versus those that most traditionally, uh, they wait until they go to the checking counter at the airport to get their paper boarding pass. So in many cases, actually, over the last two, three years, I'd say, when when checking online, you automatically get your digital boarding pass. But then, when you go to the airport, you're still given the paper one. So there was a there was a, a disconnection between the digital and uh, and and the physical experience. So I'd be curious to see if post COVID the paper boarding pass actually disappears. Who knows? We'll see. Well, let's have a look at. What is the Yata Travel Pass? The Yata Travel Pass is a mobile application that helps travelers to store and manage their verified certifications for COVID-19 tests and COVID-19 vaccines or COVID-19 vaccines. So according to Yata, it is based on four modules. Number one, it acts as a registry of health requirements. So it, it enables passengers to find information on travel, testing, vaccine requirements for their journey. Number two, it acts as a registry of testing and vaccination centers. So basically it enables passengers to find testing centers and labs at their departure or arrival so they can conduct their tests in according to, according to the type of test required for their journey. Which I think is, is quite useful because if we need to get tested and I just can check the app and say, okay, okay what's the, the closest testing uh, facility that I can use? That could be, that could be quite useful, right? The third part, the third module is the lab app. It means that it enables authorized labs and test centers to basically securely send those test results or vaccination certificates directly to the passengers, which means that when you get a test, you just get the results straight into your app. You don't have to receive a paper counter, counter certificate, for example. And lastly, the fourth module is the Yata Travel Pass app, the app itself, which acts as a digital passport because it, it does not only verify um, that 
the test and the vaccinations credentials are meeting the requirements of your country of destination, your destination. But also you can scan your passport and have it on the app so you don't have to necessarily hand over passports to and everything can to the, to the officers. And generally speaking, this can generate a more contactless experience. So I'm curious to to know how how does it work with stamps, for example? Like when you go to a country that you get stamped on, then the people they can't stamp your passport anymore because you physically don't hand over your physical paper passport to anybody. You're just showing your passport as a scan on, you know, from your mobile phone. So I'll be curious to see how that evolves. So basically the Yata Travel Pass acts as a digital version of your passport, a tool to check travel requirements for your destination once you enter your flight details, and a secure way to receive COVID-19 test results when they are ready. And only when governments would ever issue a so-called vaccine certificate that you happen to have because you choose to get vaccinated, then you can scan it and you can add it to your app. Whether that is if, and that's a big if, required for your travels. Later on during the episode, we will talk about those countries that have already been quite vocal on accepting vaccinated travelers versus, you know, on a, on a, on a more relaxed and free way of, of coming into the country versus those who didn't, for example. Now, where is the challenge here? The challenge are for those countries who are distributing paper certificates or paper credits or paper vaccine credits, which are also often being replicated as fakes or falsified. So the Yata Travel Pass is not to be confused with a must-have for travelers in order to travel. It's rather a tool, an app in this case, that would enable travelers to, and this is important, increase contactless custom checks for their digital passports, carry authenticated COVID-19 test results on their phone and not on paper, and check travel conditions or restrictions in real time. Now, you understand that a Yata travel pass, in fact, is not a, a passport itself, and it's not a certificate itself. It's a tool, it's an app that allows people to really proceed into, you know, to ease back into their travels um, normality in a more contactless way. Do you, do you need one to travel? Well, it depends. Are you using an airline that has implemented Yata Travel Pass yet? Let's look at who is trialing Yata Travel Pass. So we said that Singapore Airlines effectively trialed in March and is using it officially as of May 2021. Other airlines are Qatar Airways, Emirates, Etihad, Malaysian Airlines, Qantas, Air New Zealand, Rwanda Air, Thai Airways, Korean Air, Virgin Atlantic, Ethiopian, Hong Kong Airlines, Japan Airlines, Iberia, Saudi, Swiss Air, and a few more. So if you're planning to use one of those airlines, 
you might expect them to an email from them inviting you to download the app and get on it as you prepare to travel. So you see, this is a global scale exercise powered by the only sector that enables us to move at least by air, which is the aviation industry. But we look at other countries around the world that are moving ahead with this type of plan. Let's look at Thailand, for example. Thailand is allowing vaccinated international tourists to enter five pilot provinces, including Phuket, Panga, Chiang Mai, Pattaya, and Krabi, where they can access these five provinces, having a quarantine period of 10 days instead of 14, and having to bring a negative COVID-19 PCR test and a proof of the COVID-19 vaccination. They are also tested upon arrival at the airport they must use a contact tracing app and anyway, they have to self-isolate for the, at least seven days. Then we move into the other stage starting July 1st, where fully vaccinated international visitors arriving in Phuket directly will not be required to quarantine. And then the third phase is actually starting in October when vaccinated visitors can access any of these five pilot regions without any quarantine. A general confusion seems to pervade the travel sentiment around the topic of travel passes or vaccine passports. And it is worth to reiterate and really highlight that these travel credentials are not to be confused as an obligation to get a COVID-19 vaccine, but more as an authentication tool that would enable the authorities to validate the authenticity either of a test or a COVID-19 vaccine. In order to do so, each laboratory and medical facility really providing PCR tests or COVID-19 vaccines would have to be registered as a part of a network of authorized facilities, right? As of now, the task of grouping test centers and medical facilities under one big umbrella appears to be kind of challenging. In the EU, for example, the questions around privacy and concerns on data usage are really stalling this scrutiny process. It is important to mention that these travel passes, apps, passport, call it whatever, are also being considered as a preventive measure to avoid the increasing numbers of false PCR tests circulating across countries. And while travel passes might be as simple as a contact tracing app, for example, it is only now in the middle of this pandemic that these tools are being considered and they are at the very initial stage of trial. But for a a comprehensive overview of what these tools are and what these documents are, you can always find the Travel Recovery Strategies ebook with the link in the show notes. You can get a copy and have a look at what is everybody saying and what are the most common and most likely to go ahead travel passes or vaccine passports to go with. Thank you for joining me today on the show. Subscribe, rate and review. Five star for good karma on Apple Podcast, and I will see you again next week.